for next year? Uh, see, they will not. It will not be next year. It Is will that? for sure be pushed. It, I, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what I know. <laughs> and what yeah, I know about Atlanta is not inside gossip whatsoever. <laughs> Public information. I believe, I believe, I think, I think it was Steve, Steve Glover. He wrote, he wrote, uh, I guess I'll never going to have season three because it was right when Corona start, started that oh. they were meant to be on set. So they, I don't think they shot a single frame of that show. Yeah, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a hot while. But you know when it comes back, it's going to be a fucking bang. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they took this time to write out the rest of the fucking series. And oh, and just have, like, three seasons on deck. Just yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just like, yo, here, like, here it is. Dolby's out when you want. We don't. <laughs> like, we're ready. Uh, what we were saying earlier and why I wanted to start it is because I do feel like we're currently at like, and this has been said before, but like we're at a height of TV, mm. but because of coronavirus stopping production for so long, we're getting TV shows back on the air. Like we're still getting TV, all right? No one's depleted their, their like. Always something to watch. They, they got something involved. They got an I Love Lucy. They're just fucking waiting for. Uh, yeah, I've Jack never seen The Sopranos, so that's... <laughs> If once I run out of everything, else, I'm not to denigrate The Sopranos. I just I know it's a it's a big yeah. a big bite to yeah. probably like a month out from starting The Sopranos. I let me know when you watch The Sopranos. I'll watch it with you. I mean, but like for me, another one is like The Wire. Like I know it's good. Oh yeah. I also know there's a ton of seasons to it, so I'm not gonna watch it when I have other things to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Like but why, why I, am I gonna watch something 25 years old when when Lovecraft <laughs> Country's on? Exactly. Exactly. But I do feel like I'm going to turn against TV because of the whole coronavirus situation. I am already annoyed by how many TV shows are addressing coronavirus. And I don't think that they should shy away from it. But I'm already, like, we're still in it. So I'm, fe- I'm feeling much like what we talked about with The Great Dictator. Yeah. Of like, I'm in it. I don't need to watch a movie about it. Yeah, I, I don't I'd need like to watch- some escapism. Right, and I think now more than ever, I need to come home, take my fucking mask off, and watch some dumb TV that I find, you know, not that, not dumb meaning bad, but dumb as in, like, turn my brain off and not have to yeah, think about it. distract me. Right. So I'm upset by that. But, but, but like you said, there's always things to discover, and this is a really bad transition, but when we started watching The Handmaiden, I, I, always, I went, oh my gosh. Talk about discovering. How? Right? How, how how have I not watched this film before? And how have I the not answer is watched, I don't know. <laughs> how have I not seen tentacle porn in a thriller before? <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that also. I'm glad I finally made it to the mainstream. But yeah, all right. Did I pick this or did you pick this? I think you picked this. I picked this. I picked this. So I think I think and I was talking to Tavis about this. I think I'm getting more and more involved with Korean movie culture mm-hmm. i'm being i'm being very specific when i say movie culture like i know nothing about t- like korean tv mm-hmm. i know uh nothing about korean music south korea of course but throughout the podcast specifically never mind what i've seen in my own personal life i'm finding myself more and more gravitated towards korean movies because they end up on like everyone's list. I mean, it's the whole point of this movie, right? It has to be on a list from somewhere, right? Yeah. Someone's recommended this. And this movie came out and smashed 
I'm not not records, I don't believe, but just got so many awards from all the festivals that it's gone to and so much recognition from those festivals and filmmakers who, you know, like we we know, we we take their advice of. And looking at something to watch for October, I was like, should I watch The Handmaiden? And then, but like com- completely overthinking the fact that it had any kind of thriller or suspense in it. And I was like, nah, let's push it to November. So when we're looking at November, I was like, let's just do The Handmaiden. Not realizing that this movie completely fits in October. Oh, 100%. But- it's, I mean, even like, I could see why it got such acclaim. Even if it wasn't good, which it is good. But even if it was just like, okay, it would still yeah. probably get acclaim. Because it's, for me watching it, it's so weird. It like, is. so... The story is so intricate and like doubles back on itself so many times that I'm like, holy shit. I like, I usually give movies my undivided attention, but this one was one where I had to rewind. I had to like, hold on, let me watch this one scene again. So I, I, I did the same thing. I was like, wait, I is, am I misunderstanding or are they like messing with me right now? See, it's, it's funny that you say, it's funny that you say it, it's a really, really weird movie. Because, and I agree, I agree with you 100%. But if you asked me about this movie, I actually would have said it's a really simple movie. It's simple oh, yeah, yeah. The storyline is pretty straightforward. Super straightforward. But I also think of it as, maybe I've just seen Inception too many times. So I'm like, it, it, do, it does double back on, <laughs> on itself so much. So whatever. But isn't it just Shakespeare? Isn't this just like Othello or like Macbeth or, like, you know what I mean? Isn't it just, it's just one of those movies that, every act and they they spell out each part for us very clearly has like these twists and turns that once you get it, once we get the first or maybe the second double cross. I can see. Yeah. yeah, I can see where this is going. Yeah. Like we're in store for so much more to happen. And I don't think I ever guessed, you know, from the second double cross, I don't think I guessed what was going, what was going to happen, but I did understand that this movie was, was going to take us for much more of a ride in the like hour that we had left. Yeah. I think it was well, based on a Victorian era British crime novel. Is that true? You should. So it makes sense that it's like a pretty straightforward storyline. Like they get this poor girl to help this guy take money from this rich lady. Pretty much double crossing yeah. happens like it's like but the weird stuff is like the the details like the the weird sex stuff and the, the seediness and the love affair between the girl and the the rich woman so again so much going on and so then we've been talking for far too long so at eight whole minutes in i'm just gonna say this is required watching oh where yeah. we watch the essential films, so let's have cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. I'm Trey S. Uh, and again, it's eight whole minutes in, but we're talking about The Handmaiden, which came out in 2016, directed by Chan Wook Park. And as Dan said earlier, inspired by The Fingersmith, or sorry, Fingersmith, by Sarah Waters and Adapted. And I, I refuse to go through people's names and butcher them so i do apologize that i'm not going to say everyone's name but the movie is about a woman who is hired to as a handmaiden 
to a Japanese heiress, but secretly she's involved in a plot to defraud her. And it could it can't get any simpler than that. Also, moving the setting, I'm I'm sure Fingersmith is a good book, but moving the setting to Korea right after uh, Japanese rule. Yeah. It's like so was that like the 1930s, 1940s? Sure. Makes it so much more interesting. That dynamic between the, the 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 characters and the different cultures. I, I honestly couldn't agree with you more. I, I think I think coming from it from an American point of view, I mean, like you knew dates. I, I if you asked me when this happened, I would not be able to tell you. Mm. But you know, we just talked about Lovecraft Country and and you know Black Wall Street and everything else. I like this had this sort of same effect. The same way like Brave of the Fireflies was like, oh, I need to look back and see what happened. Right. Where yeah. I, I was like, oh yeah, I need to like read about this because I I can't see it. I can't say I know very much about uh, Japanese rule in Japanese occupancy in Korea. Yeah. I, I just don't. I, like, I know there's like tons of things going on between these different countries uh, in that region, but I can't say that I know. But placing it against that background, I was like, shit's going down. Like, it's about yeah. to go down. I mean, it's like most colonial rules, right? It's like this big empire taking over the smaller country and imposing their culture on it. But also imposing not only their culture, but their, like, supremacy. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, okay, this big empire is taking over. Fuck them. (laughs) Let me, I want to, I'll do whatever it takes to pull one over on these people. Yeah, exactly. And you get that straight off the bat. Like, we meet, I forget. Hold on, let me look and see what her name is. Is it Suki? Suki? Suki, yeah. So we meet her and she's like holding babies with like holding a baby with like the rest of these women. And we immediately know that it ain't, it ain't her baby. <laughs> it ain't her baby. By the way, this movie's two hours and 25 minutes. But we learn, we learn this is not her baby. And this is a life that she does not want to live. And the guy, the count, the count comes along, gives her this opportunity. And he, but we, we know right away. They're not hustlers, but they're in a situation where they need to make them, they need to get out of, you know what I mean? Like they're in yeah. an economic situation where it's just, it's poor. It's fucking, it's poor. It's, I mean, it's you, not you say they're not hustlers, but she was pretty mm. quick to mm. get a good deal from him. He he offered 50000 or something. Yeah. Like they had a, an arrangement, but before she agreed, she was like, give me an extra one fifty dollars just yeah, for yeah. me. And I'll do this. I, I I do take that back. I mean, she pickpockets like doesn't she, isn't she the one who pickpockets the count? Like, so yeah, like she like she's a bit conniving, and it's okay. It's completely okay because I like I don't feel as if I feel I I feel like if I was in that position, I would be like, yeah, I would do the exact same. Give me more money, and we got a deal. Let's do this, no problem. Hustling is like out of necessity, right? Rather rather than like ill ill intent, right? And we absolutely we see that as the story unfolds that it's not about it's not just about money, because when she finds this emotional connection, she sticks to that emotional connection. Well, I wouldn't say immediately because there's there's a few times where she's like, just just marry the guy, just just go, like, just go for yeah. it. And we see how that kind of doubles back on itself, but but eventually, you know, she realizes that her emotional connection is outweighs the money, and I think it's hard. I mean. I'm not sure if you've done a great job explaining what's going on, but the Count, who is, is he Korean? 
Is is he just is he also a Korean wrestler? Or is he hiding the fact that he's Korean? Sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree, <laughs> I but I can't tell you. Yeah, all right. So I, I also think he's Korean. He comes to the village or back to this very poor village and asks Yi to help him with this plot to defraud this heiress. His husband, does she have a husband? Am I making this up? Kind of maniacal weirdo. <laughs> Has a black mouth because he licks his his quill, his pen ink. And his mouth is just covered in ink constantly. It's disgusting. This actor did a great job of being a fucking creep. <laughs> like, like a maniac. He's just like crazy hair. He's got these tiny glasses. He loves erotic paintings. Yeah. yeah yes. He- yeah. <laughs> like uh, more than people. <laughs> this actor, this actor, uh, the actor you're talking about who's the uncle is Jin Wong Cho. And he has 48 credits to his name. And he's like 40 something. Oh, wow. He looks like he's like in the movie. He looked like he was like 89. Good for him. <laughs> no, yeah, I'll, I'll let I'll let you go on because you started off uh, offline saying this movie's weird. So I want you to I want you to take me through some of the points that you got going on. So that's so that's like the the baseline plot, right? But then there's like yeah, the second act. So the whole plan to get her money is to put her in a sane asylum. He's like Correct. she's era, she's, yes. she's emotionally unstable. I'm gonna lock her up after we get married. Take her money. You get your cut. It's all good. But then you find out that she's in on it too. Yeah. And everything, every point of empathy that you felt for her or that Suki feels for her was all manufactured. Like her, I mean, I, her yeah. mom dying, like all these small points that she brought up in conversation that you feel genuine empathy towards this character you find was just made up in order to manipulate Suki and end up admitting her to the hospital. Which, honestly, like, I think I actually paused it to have a think about what happened. All of this is <laughs> happening in part one, where I was just like, wow, like she played her so, so well. well. She played us. I was like, because <laughs> they, and it's, it happens so quickly. They go up to the hospital and they even the car ride up, there's small moments where you're like, oh, she's about to get locked up. She doesn't even know it. Yeah, like, yeah, I feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad for this rich lady. And then they literally do a little bait and switch for they just walk one of them up instead of the other one. And they're like, all right, bye. <laughs> they're like, wait, wait, no, 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 it's her. I I really thought, yeah, I, I, I just thought I like you said, it it fooled us. And I I did clock the time, but I didn't write it down. I think maybe maybe be like 45 minutes in or mm. so. And a lot has happened. Like they develop this relationship, like the sexual relationship between the handmaiden and the heiress. And like I said before, like she's, you know, the handmaiden is all about like, go marry the counts because I'm in on the, you know, she didn't say I'm in on this plot, but you know, because she wants her money. She, she's in with the, with the countess, you know, commit her after the wedding. And you can money. tell that she is starting to feel bad because there's points where she's like, do this already. Right. Like, I don't want to keep, playing her like i feel bad for this lady like just right take her money or don't take her money well exactly and and just to double back really quickly what you were saying just about like what we were talking about about like the that first turnaround was 
during the time, things always felt a little off for me. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, why would she give her these clothes? Like, wouldn't someone yell at the heiress mm-hmm. for giving her these clothes? Or letting her wear these earrings? Or letting her do this, that, you know, whatever it was. But, like, honestly, thinking about it from, like, the American, like, you know, sl- slave times where... yeah. It's just there's like a de facto person where even if someone had any kind of sympathy for a slave, they'd be like, no, like what? What are you insane? Like these people are less than us. So what's wrong with you? Yeah, in this culture, it's like very out of pocket for her to be so welcoming to this girl. Right, right, and but apparently we're only seeing this from her eyes, from the handmaiden's eyes. So it's off, but. At the same time, she's having this emotional connection, so why not go with it, right? Yeah, plus you have this added element of them falling for each other and having, like, sexual tension between the two of them, which makes it even harder for her to set her up on this yeah, this, this plot. And that's only the first first act. It's the, <laughs> of this three-part structure, which I love. I honestly love it. I... Can, can I just say, so I was watching this on Amazon and I had the X-ray up. I accidentally touched my mouse and I forget that Amazon has, Amazon Prime has X-ray, which I think is fantastic. But during the lesbian scene, I must have, or the sex scene, I must have touched it and it had a little fact. And I was like, let me read this fact because it's really long. And it essentially said, during the, the shooting of this sex scene, the director made sure everyone, every male was out of the room. The camera was like only females were permitted. I guess whoever was on crew and the like the intimacy coordinator or whoever it was, but the cameras were were like remote remotely uh, controlled. Mm-hmm. And I think it said something like like it was choreographed like like oh, like a billion times beforehand, so they knew it, like everyone just felt comfortable with each other, and they wanted to make sure that. There wasn't there wasn't anything explicit going on, and while while I think the scene is super spicy, like it's it's hot and heavy, and yeah. I don't know if it's just because I'm watching the movie or, or like I'm I'm in the movie at this point. Well, also, four thriller is pretty heavy. Four thriller, yes, exactly. It comes out of nowhere, right? You're like, okay, they're gonna kiss. Okay, we may see like fade into the next day, and they like you know whatever. But it's it's hot and heavy, and then. To see it to see it again from a completely different camera angles, I was like, "Wow, this is insane!" Because I, I, again, I, I I don't I don't want to speak for an entire culture, but as far as I know, like sexuality, like public displays of sexuality in Korean culture is not okay. Question yeah. mark? I, like I don't know, but I feel like that's the sense that I got. So to see as much as we saw, I was like, "Wow, this is really pushing the boundaries." Also, even for like uh, American standards, it's pretty explicit. Like, I'm no prude, but there's like toys and grinding and different yeah. Oh, position, yeah. position, position changes. Like, it's a very, it's intimate, but it's also like very, it's a thorough sex scene. <laughs> yeah. But, but, I, but I, and I'm not a lesbian, but I, but I can only describe what? as like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I can only describe it as being something that, pays close attention to what a sexual lesbian experience would be. Mm. Um, we, like, listen, we do a lot of, of sexual sexualizing women, but we don't pay attention to lesbian sex scenes. So aren't just straight up gratuitous. Here's a, here's a butt, here's a nipple, here's some like pubic hair. But 
like like it, this this felt like this felt like it was made with love and yeah, also that this scene was about love. exactly yeah, there, yeah there's a stark contrast between this scene and any scene from showgirls <laughs> no no absolutely i mean like for many reasons but absolutely well cuz there's I mean, actual you can you feel genuine emotion during the scenes exactly exactly and yeah absolutely but then we get into part two yeah and you're like you basically are explained the inner workings of what led suki like what led up to her being admitted to the mental hospital yeah and we learned that she has been working with the heiress has been working with the count the entire time mm-hmm. i mean that's 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 like the kind of end all be all right and it's it, is it in this part where we learn more about the heiress or is it in the next part we learn about her aunt who hang oh man i feel like i'm talking out of turn here i mean just look at my notes really quickly so yeah we learned about her growing up and how like she was taught to read because like her aunt was doing pornographic readings at auctions mm-hmm. question mark it's very strange i've never heard of anything like this yeah, i don't understand i mean i guess they didn't have internet porn so i guess <laughs> reading erotic stories to a group it was weird it, it was friends. it was very much like a, it was like a peep show because there was just like six guys sitting around listening and like getting, and one around. of those guys is the count which i love that he just you find out that his he just named himself count <laughs> he has no actual title no but so when he introduced himself as count fujiwara everyone's like oh you're a count and he's like uh yeah I'm a count. <laughs> yeah, but isn't isn't that isn't that so I was gonna say American, but isn't that so the way of the world where we put on this this jacket of of importance and then suddenly we are important? Like Well yeah, it's it's I, like I, I'm gonna start calling myself doctor. And it's like, right. oh well technically it's just a nickname, but if you introduce yourself as doctor so and so, people are gonna assume you're a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is a, uh, he, this guy is a hustler. This guy's definitely a hustler. And what I did not understand, in which I, maybe I missed it, maybe it was just never said, I did not understand how he had money. Like, for someone who I imagined, like, he, he's a hustler, but we, I, I feel like I don't know anything about him. But he was yeah. just giving out money and doing things left, right, and center. But I was like, oh, like, how can you afford this? Like, like for instance, the earrings that he gave to the ARS were the ARS's earrings. <laughs> so like that i understood like th- like there was a lot of like trickery there's a lot of yeah. like there's a lot of string being pulled a, his. but like how how is he affording his clothes he's stolen like, from uncle i mean seriously something's going on anyways we learned that her, her aunts the heiress's aunts who was found hung on the tree was not really hung the uncle I'm, I'm understanding this right right the uncle abused her like killed her, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you learn about the uh, basement, this weird torture dungeon that he has. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the whole downstairs reading area was already off limits, but then we get into another room that. Yeah, because we have his erotic library that the maid previously caught the heiress and the uncle in. Right, and it's mad sketchy and super secretive. I'm trying. I'm trying to think where we end on part two. Just end abruptly. 
Oh, well, they break Suki out of the her family, her her OG family from the first act, the one with the babies, break her out of the prison, mental hospital. Is it? They light the place on fire. No, that's not part two. No? It's not part two. That's part three, because part two is when we get another twist. And the twist of that is, sure, the heiress is working with the Count to get the handmaiden into the same asylum, right? Oh, yeah. We, we, we learn, I'm missing details here, but we learn that, oh, the heiress, the heiress has had enough. She she's in her feelings. She's feeling the same feelings that the, the handmaiden is feeling. And she says, do like, do you want me to marry him? Like yeah. one, one last time, kind of point blank. Do you want me to marry him? And homegirl is like, yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. After this passionate night of sex, I got my money coming. So you've got it. <laughs> and then the heiress essentially gets her noose out and tries to hang herself in the same tree that her aunt did. And the handmaiden is there to catch her which we did not see in the last, in, in part one. Which I thought was so, I, I love that we're rediscovering, like it, it just cemented the fact that we're seeing everything through the Handmaiden's eyes in part one, and then yeah. we completely switch focus in part two, which is not the craziest thing in the world, but it took me, it took me uh, by shock because it's just not what I was expecting from this movie. So when the Handmaiden saves her. And they both fess up so great because this whole time you're like oh she's pulling one over on her and she's pulling one over on her and neither of them have any idea but they're drawn to each other so it's they're both they're like screwing over the one you love but then they both are like hey i don't want to screw you (laughs) over anymore me neither cool we love each other it's beautiful but but yeah it is it is beautiful and it's in the face of like a fucking noose and like the di- the dialogue here is is kind of beautiful i don't know if it's like the translation or or what it is but it just feels it feels both emotionally like charged but mm. also really like cut short like abrupt and like straight to the point yeah do you know what i mean like it it feels like this this put like this push and pull between like i don't know how much I don't know how much to talk to you about this, but I'm also going to tell, like, but I am going to tell you about this plot that I have. Yeah, I think both of them are also just fed up. They're both just like, I don't want to keep keep doing this. Like, this is exhausting. I mean, the the heiress is getting played by her uncle, who would, if the count didn't come along, would have married her, which is crazy. Let's be real. That dude is definitely a pervert. And then yeah, we we just get we get back. I think we don't even get into much else from that from that scene, and then we immediately get to back to the present day where the handmaiden's in. Where is she? She's in the same insane asylum. And well, I think also people- just just before that, before Suki gets admitted, she destroys the the library. Or starts to destroy the library. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the both of them up the book, This, this, this source of her abuse of both of their abuses, yeah. really. Her chains, and she just starts destroying these. I'm gonna assume priceless, or at least relatively worth something. Old, it like it's their fortune. Yeah, just destroying these old books, tossing them in the water, pouring ink on them. They had a hidden river. How? It's a pond for you. So yeah, we, we get we get into part three where where the handmaidens people comes in and essentially breaks her out. <coughs> Excuse me, and 
Listen, we're essentially left with the end where the women, you know, do a little disguise or the hammond is disguised and they try to get away. They're going to sail off to China and they essentially make it out. But for me, which I appreciate, and I don't know if this was added into like added in uh, for the movie or not, but what I appreciate about this end that is the uncle and the count coming head to head and something that I can't, I, it's not in a traditional way whatsoever. Like these, these are, these are two antagonists that we mm-hmm. both dislike and we, yeah. we should dislike, but there's no reason that their paths should have crossed in, in a, in a traditional movie. Right. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, like, other? Oh yeah. 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 All their interactions like, are kind of transactional for your niece. And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, all right, then can I read some of your porn? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But then they come together and the uncle, for lack of a better term, like captures him. Yeah, because the 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 heiress writes a letter to her uncle basically saying, hey, this guy just made up the name Count. He's not actually elite. And so the uncle's like, I'm going to torture this guy. The same way I did to... My wife. Yeah, that's his wife. That's insane. Yeah. This is his wife. But again, bizarre twist of events. The Count is like, before you do your thing, bro, just give me a cigarette. I need, I need that Newport. You say just. before you do your thing, but this is after he's chopped off every finger on one hand. That's, that's true. That, that is very true. This is the but, part of the movie where it's actually, like, up leading up to this point, it's the only explicit or graphic scenes are purely sexual. There's not really any horror elements other than just sure. thriller and twists and turns. But this last act is where it's genuinely like, oh, this is like a horror movie. Like this is where, and you mentioned this earlier with other Korean movies. Yeah. This is where I see like big Korean movie energy from it because they don't shy away from like graphic horror scenes even in parasite there's parts where you're like oh shit you actually see like oh my god i that's a lot of blood i did not expect that oh my god that person just got stabbed and i saw the whole thing when he's chopping off his fingers he's chopping it with like a paper cutter it's the same thing he uses to make his oh that's where he gets his money from the count makes fake books yeah yeah oh i forgot about that (laughs) that's just it's like so many good like little things about yeah about this film so it all comes back to to haunt him and almost kill him but what i meant what i meant was he gets tortured but i I thought the count was like before you actually kill me just give me a cigarette cigarette yeah and after that what feels like begging he's again let me get let me get that newport hit before i go away (laughs) and the uncle was like fine my guy i get it uh do your thing and one of them one of the the blue cigarette was mercury yeah it filled up the room with toxic smoke yep and he even says because he asked for both cigarettes and at one point he's like oh it's pretty smoking here why does it smell weird and he's like you know what one cigarette would have killed both of us but i'm glad you let me smoke too (laughs) and they both die it's really the only ending for the two of those characters if either of them got off any lighter than that, I, w- I would have been disappointed. I mean, I, I definitely saw a world where 
where like I definitely saw an ending where the count got arrested for something, right? Like it was somehow mm-hmm. all put on him and he got arrested, or the uncle like bribed someone. I, I, I don't know, but yeah, know, it's, this is America. So in my world where people have money or at least the perception of money and power, I definitely see them getting off each and every time. So right. I am, I am completely satisfied by the idea that this unusual death occurred. Yeah. This is the most fulfilling ending for the, both of them as the audience. This is like good, good for both. of them. Yeah, exactly. And then out, out, almost like it was a, out of a scene from the movie, Brooklyn, <laughs> the heiress and handmaiden sit on their ferry or stand on their ferry out looking the these waters she dons a, a little mustache and a bowler cap and yep. they sail away to a new life the classic like you couldn't name a, a more classic disguise than you know give me some grease paint and a hat and i'll throw my hair up and suddenly put on these, these these round glasses and no one will know yeah, to be fair, she did look like a boy, but oh, I it, was it was a fantastic disguise. It was just really funny that it actually worked. Listen, that was just the plot. All we did was summarize the movie. Okay, can I, let me give you my notes. My, no, yeah. my notes, I, I've said my notes about the entire thing, but my, my main takeaways from this movie, oh, this is a great transition. This is a fantastic transition I'm about to do. My main takeaways from this movie is that it's fucking fantastic, right? And mm. I think why it's fantastic is some of the reasons that we mentioned up top is that it's so layered and complicated of a story, but in the most simplest of terms, it's three acts, it's three parts. And it reads, it reads with the complication of a Shakespearean tale that we don't Mm -hmm. typically see today that we still love. Like there's not, there's nothing a part of Shakespeare's Shakespearean stories that we don't love. And I'm sure some nerd is going to tell me why I shouldn't be calling it Shakespearean, but like the, the, the tragedy of it all. And I I guess that's really what what I'm saying. the tragedy of this story is so layered yet so simple. And the fact that they spell it out for us and take us on the, and take, and take us through these different points of view that I think we only really see during like heist movies you know, when we're doing like like Ocean's Eleven and like we have to see how they really got away with the fucking golden coins and then yeah. we take another 20 minutes to take another look. I, I feel like that, that, I guess, trope was really well used here in a way that brought us into the drama of it all, not to mention with the crazy backstories. Like when you call something a thriller, I think people have, like you can ask 100 people what they think a thriller is, uh, RIP Michael Jackson. And I think they would come back with a few different answers. And besides besides the, the last part where the uncle's torturing the the count, there was nothing like in your face. This is spooky. This is this has me on my toes. Yeah. But there was something that was just about the overall tone of this film that was like, I need to be on my toes because I feel yeah. like everyone else is on their toes. It was unsettling the whole time. Even, the every interaction, time. Even, even their connection between the handmaiden and the heiress. Yeah. Even though as you're watching it, you feel like this is a genuine connection that they both share and you feel that they have this, this bond that they're building. There's yeah. still an element to it that is a little uneasy because you still, you, you know, the overarch, like you still know what's going on underneath the scenes. So the fact that they're drawn to each other, the back of your head, the whole time 
you're thinking, all right, when is this going to turn south? Because one of them is going to back out the other or someone's going to come in and intervene and this isn't going to end well. And I think that's the the best part of this movie. And that's why like this entire episode is just rehashing the plot because it's, it is so intricate or it's not even like it's, it's intricate, but I think the biggest element that I picked up on that makes this a good thriller is dosing out details very particularly like they don't give us everything at once at all like it's parsed out so much that every time you get a new key it unlocks a different part of the story that you're like oh oh that makes a lot more sense now absolutely doesn't make any sense anymore like we, we 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 as an audience we didn't need the heiress's backstory like mm-hmm. i don't think we needed the heiress's backstory i think if you take that out it still makes sense but the fact that they gave it to us you go oh i i i, I it 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 makes you think of every other part of what she is doing and living in this film makes sense and, and it's the, the the rate at which they give you details really makes you like you you can only work with what you have the information right right so you're given this information you're like all right this must mean something let me think about it let me look into these details and you're giving something else you're like oh okay wait a minute this changes everything right oh that's not important anymore or that that was a straight up lie like to everyone to the audience and to the characters in the scene and you know what i I, speaking of lies, of lies to the audience, I think this would have been a huge letdown from an audience perspective if their romance and their emotional connection wasn't real. Yeah. I don't mean I don't mean that they couldn't have ended up together because you know there's tons of movies that prove that prove that you know two people can't. But I th- I do think a lot of the emotional hang up between the heiress and the handmaiden drive everything right well that's what makes it so special because you can tell at the end and throughout but especially at the end you can tell that their connection was genuine and you're like all right that that actually was true right right and it it's it's gratifying and upsetting and and almost despite of everything else that's actually happening with the movie anyways all of that said because i said i was gonna do a great transition for that reason alone for that for that long 15 minute list of reasons <laughs> i think this movie's required to watch i think 100 percent. I, I do think there's something to learn about about filmmaking when watching this film and like whether it's whether it's talking about adaptation or dialogue or how to you know plant these red herrings and twists and surprises for both the characters and the audience that's such a hard thing to do and i think a lot of people try to do it and I only hope that I'm able to write like this. Honestly and truly, I do think I'm able to to write like this, but I do think it's something to be lauded when you recognize this happening in in other films. Yeah, this is absolutely like a lesson in storytelling and like how to give twists and turns, but not unnecessarily or Mm. undeservedly. Like everything is justified by the next by the following act in some way or explained or but that doesn't but they don't give it to you easily yeah 100 percent required watching this is a fantastic movie 
It was really good. I'm happy I chose it. Dan. Let's wrap up. This is one of our longer ones. We, we're it's usually on a, we're usually like speeding through these things, but it's a long one. I mean, I think Did that's it. testament to what seems like a simple plot being much more. Yeah, I mean, I, I was actually quite worried because if I was looking at my notes and I was like, I don't have much to talk about, but I have so much to talk about. Like, you know what I mean? Well, like, I can't honestly, it is a simple. It's like, yep, they're trying to pull one over. Like on the surface, it's a very easy plot. Yeah. so much more so much more anyways let's wrap it up my guy thanks so much for listening people you can listen you, you should you should subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already i feel like i don't say that enough if you're listening and you have not subscribed subscribe and leave a message tell us about the movie and what we're doing wrong and what we're doing right and 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 in regards to the movie not the podcast we, we can or, leave those suggestions in, in life in general yeah, uh, if you will, you are left good, you can do that. Um, but listen, if you like what you're hearing, again, download, leave, a, leave us a little message, and come say hi to us on Instagram and Twitter at Required Watch. You can also look at our website at requiredwatch.com. No, nope, it's requiredwatching.com. I'm gonna, I'll, get, I'll download it. I'll purchase all of them. If you want to reach out to me, I'm at Trey Apps on Instagram and Twitter. My home address is 12. No, I'm at Danny Taverner at all the medias, I think. And listen, according to Anchor, this new feature came out. So I'm going to try this. I will end this podcast with a song from the movie. So with that said, we'll see you next week. Bye.